Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. This is episode 21, and I'm recording this monologue on my brand new interface. I don't want to be a gear nerd or anything. I don't want to bore you with that. I'm also not a gear nerd. I don't even really know a, a lot about this kind of nerdy stuff. I've I've been recording all these podcasts and everything really just through a PreSonus audio box, but I found uh, the Apogee Quartet for under half price online. It was used like an open box kind of thing, and I jumped on it. And so I'm recording this monologue on that, and I don't think I quite understand the full capabilities of this machine yet. It's an interface. Uh, if you don't know what an interface is, I guess it's essentially the middleman between the microphone and the computer as I'm doing this podcast. It's what you, you plug this, the microphone into the interface, interface goes into the computer. Um, but anyway, it's cool piece of it's a cool piece of gear. I've been trying to demo things at home as much as possible. I also got, uh, you know, a few months ago, I got an electric drum kit that makes it so I can't walk in my bedroom, but it's great for if I'm doing a, a composition thing. I can sit down and add some hits to something. It's kind of cool. Anyway, I'm kind of doing one little piece of gear at a time, and this is. I think the first nice thing I've I've ever bought is this that nice recording piece of recording equipment I've ever bought is this Apogee Quartet. And I'll let you know what I think of it in a few weeks. It's brand new. I'll still be doing most of the podcast interviews on the on the PreSonus because I I travel to do the interviews and I'm kind of keeping this one at home, but for the monologues I've uh, I've got this new interface. Cool. Well, we're 21 episodes in. And I've been, I mentioned on the last episode, I'm trying to maybe find out, find an angle. I, I kind of, the first 20 episodes, wasn't too worried about promotion or, or any of that sort of thing. I just wanted to see if I could keep up a podcast um, and release it on a every other week basis. And I've done that. Some of the episodes have been sort of informative about certain aspects of the music business with someone who knows a lot about a certain topic, such as touring or PR or booking or whatever. And some of them have been sort of human interest pieces where I have uh, an artist on that I like and they talk about their career and their journey and and it's great. So I'm I'm sort of trying to find an angle and I guess I sort of do these two different things. So I don't know if I should go through and retitle all of these episodes so it's not just the name of the guest, but what they do and make it sort of a, a business-oriented thing. Um, you know, touring internationally with Jane Doe. Or if I should, if these should all be artists that I interview that are touring artists and we're just listening to their story. Or maybe I can continue doing a little of both. I don't know. If you have any input on on that or anything with, with the podcast or the theme going forward, uh, please shoot me an email at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. I regularly accept praise, criticism, hate mail, death threats. Send it all to that email address. What else do we have here? I think that's about it before we jump in. A little about me. My name is Andy Sido. If this is your first time listening, I'm a musician, songwriter, wannabe film composer, and I play, uh, I guess, Americana, rock, folk, 
kind of music. I'm on Spotify, Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W, and iTunes and all that other good stuff. If uh, if you want to hear what I do, we've got some tour dates. The Andy Sido Band is uh, in July. We're going to be headed, well, actually, sooner in July. We're doing the Aggie Theater this Saturday in Fort Collins and Globe Hall in Denver, uh, June 8th. And then the band will be on tour pretty much all of July. We're hitting Missoula, Montana, uh, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Alberta, Portland, some other fun places. If you go to andysiddo.com slash shows, there's all the info on that. I want to say a quick thanks to our sponsor, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering out of Las Vegas, Nevada, puts the finishing touches on this podcast. For any of your audio or restoration needs, go to www.pqmastering.com for more information. Our guest today is Patrick Armold. He is the youngest guest I've ever had, I'm pretty sure. He is going into his senior year at Valor High School and is is very impressive. He's a great songwriter, has a, an outstanding stage presence, a vibe. He sort of has that, he has that Ness, you know, that Patrick Ness, that your name plus Ness at the end. I don't remember what movie that's from. But there's something about what he does and and how he does it that attracts people like a magnet. He's doing well for himself. He has a band called Halloway. He also has started his solo project called American Field Day. And he's done a lot of he's done a lot of things. He said he started writing, I think it was eighth or ninth grade. And he's playing some he's playing some really big shows now. And he's drawing people to all of his shows. And at first you know, I first time I saw him, I said, well, you know, the high school friends go and the parents go, so that'll bring some people. But as I saw him that time and a couple more times after that, I went, wow, people are really gravitating towards this and, and Halloway's music, and they're coming out to the shows. It's the cool thing to do on Friday night. And it's, it is outstanding music. We met through uh, a young man named Mario Bartolomeo, one of my music students I've had uh, for years, and they're classmates at Valor Christian High School together. Uh, and I, I met Patrick through him and through Lincoln Station, which is a music store, coffee shop, or music venue coffee shop, excuse me, that Mario's father and mother own. Uh, they played a show. Halloway played a show at Lincoln Station. Anyway, uh, that's how the network expanded from there. And then Halloway and my, my band played a show at Globe Hall together in Denver back in November. And, yeah, that's that's our connection. Patrick has done a lot of cool opening shows. He's done a lot of cool headlining shows around Denver. In this episode, we talk about uh, his time at Valor Christian and some of the cool trips he's gone on to Nashville and Albania and getting to play internationally with his group there. He also uh, ended up connecting with Joe Pug, who's a great singer-songwriter, uh, also has a podcast called The Working Songwriter. I just listened to the episode with John Moreland, and it was fantastic. I'm going to listen to a few more episodes, but I, I highly suggest checking that out if you're a songwriter. It's called The Working Songwriter. Um, Patrick connected with Joe Pug and opened a show for him in Fort Collins at the Armory and then ended up getting to open for him in uh, Minnesota and ended up getting to open for him at 311 Austin City Limits in Austin. 
And now Joe's manager, Don, is also managing Patrick's new project, American Field Day. I think that's enough for me. We should just get into the interview, and Patrick can tell you his story. Um, if you like what you're hearing, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Rate, leave a review. It helps us out a lot. I think that's all. Let's jump in. My interview with Patrick Armold. Yo, what's happening, man? Not much, man. I'm uh, skidding through the week. <laughs> and almost done with school. Almost done. Do you have finals In next final week? final stretch. Yeah, two more finals left, and then it's over. I'm a senior. You're going to be a senior. <laughs> yeah. And you're at you're at Valor, right? I'm at Valor, yeah. Cool. And it, they have don't they have, like, music majors there? Yeah. So there's a artist conservatory there that I joined my sophomore year when I was first getting into music, and I was lucky enough to be accepted into that, and it's... It's been a good time. I've learned a lot and been able to work with so many good artists. So that's been one of the highlights of Valor for sure. What are, what did you, do you have a specific focus in the conservatory? They, they do many categories, but like the one that I'm considered in is like artist development songwriting, like slash songwriting. Yeah. Um, so I take songwriting classes with other people who are in the same track and I don't know, but like I also take other classes through the conservatory, so like studio recording where I've learned how to use logic and, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's kind of all over the map as far as like what you want to do, but there's a lot of different categories. Like there's a classical track that I think you can go down and then there's musical theater. And then just this year they started doing a visual arts thing because there were so many visual artists. Wow. Yeah. That's sweet. And so what kind of opportunities do you get through that program at Valor that say I I wouldn't have gotten in high school? I think, I mean, personally for me, like using the recording studio at Valor, I don't, I think it's, I can hands down say it's probably the only high school in America that has an SSL. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's kind of crazy, but that was where we recorded our first record. And so for me, that was one of the advantages or the legs up that I had where that was one thing that I took advantage of there that I think most high schools don't have or, you know, like a recording studio in general. So that was pretty sick for, you know, not just me, but my whole band to go through. Wow. Yeah. That's, do you know your, do you feel like you know your way around it too? Like if we, if you had to record somebody in a session in the studio, I probably couldn't run an engineering process quite yet, but I've started to, you know, mentor under the audio engineer at our school and stuff like that. So I could learn how to do that. But I think it's, that's, I mean, that's just another great resource of it, of having the studios, you know, learning how to do that. So someday, you know, that was the track that you really wanted to go down as far as a career. I guess I would have a leg up on, you know, the other people in the class or whatever. Yeah. That's, and I, and I heard you also get to do some pretty cool field trips in that program. Is that right? <laughs> well, meaning, well, didn't, didn't oh, the group yeah, yeah. Of we went to Nashville. That was my, yeah, that was my sophomore year also. And wow. that was pretty sick. We got to tour some really good studios and we went to Starstruck and Blackbird 
and a few other ones, but it, that was just an ex- insane experience on its own just because taking a tour bus to Nashville with classmates was completely beyond belief going into high school that that would wow. even happen in the first place. And you got to take a tour bus? Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That was insane. Did you meet some cool people when you were there? We did. Um, I mean, there were, there were a lot of people that stood out, but I, well, I ran into Jason Isbell in the airport no on the way back, way. and I was like, "There's no way, <laughs> no way." Yeah. Did you did you bother him? I mean, I I got a picture with him because it was Jason Isbell, and yeah, I might not be able to see him ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, that's an opportunity you can't turn down. Yeah, but that was that was super cool, and that wasn't planned. But I, you know, I met Jason, and that was a pretty cool experience. Was he cool about it? Yeah. He was a nice guy. And like, like their bass player, Jimbo Hart took the picture. I was like, what the hell is going on right now? Oh my <laughs> god! The 400 units standing next to our <laughs> gate. I always run into people in Nashville though, that, you know, you would never think you would run into them, but I was in the bathroom and I looked over like two urinals down and, uh, the guy from bird talker was standing right there. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like I've been here for yeah. five minutes and, we're already running into people. I bet if if you're if you're paparazzi and you want to camp out somewhere, probably the Nashville <laughs> airport's a good spot. BNA's BNA's a hot spot in America yeah. <laughs> for Americana. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I bet that was a, a super cool um, experience yeah, being down there. Definitely. Um, do you guys have anything coming up next year? As far as the band goes, or ju- just in, just in, in school stuff for, general. Oh. Um, I mean, not that I know of, you know, everything kind of comes unexpectedly, but, um, you know, we do our showcases every month and that's a good time. And they do a songwriting one separate from the rest of the conservatory students. So that's always a great time, but you know, I always look forward to that, I guess is one of my main things, but I think we'll do the Nashville trip again next year. He does it every two years. Cool. The other thing I did this year was, um, I went to Albania for, some shows. That's a cool a trip. And that was incredible. And I don't know why I didn't explain that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that didn't. Where it, tell it, tell the listeners where Albania is. Albania is, don't quote me on this, but it's by Turkey and Italy. And I'm going to back myself up on this right now and look it up. They didn't give you a geography test while you were there? No. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the general area where it is. Wow. Yeah, Europe. But that was that was insane. And then just getting to go play the venues there and work, you know, like there were so many different sides to that trip where it just, you know, screwed with my head because it was like, you know, you get there, you're completely jet lagged, but you're in a country where um you get to go play in front of 200 people you've never met before. But like throughout the whole day before the show, we'd go up, go to these schools and promote the shows. And we'd be like, Hey, you know, play a couple songs in the classrooms. And then, um, we'd promote the shows and be like, you know, we're doing this big concert. And, you know, my, my group Holloway was one of three or four groups that went, but we did like a combined show. So we would play like three songs throughout um, the show, but we promoted it and it was super cool to see these kids come together and like, you know, fill these 500 cap venues or, you know, 
wedding reception rooms. It was crazy, you know. And was, was just, this was this through the school? Was this through Valor? It was, yeah. So we have a program at Valor called Discovery, which is, it's usually not a music thing, but this is one of the only music trips that they do every other year where they go to Albania and the leader, um, Mr. and Mrs. Passwaters, they do a great job with that trip and have been doing it for the past couple of years. But wow, yeah, that was a that was a great experience. And you promoted to other high schools in those countries. Yeah, yeah. So we'd go to the schools and you know chat with them just in general and be able to see them at the show four hours later. It was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, so what is it like? What's the audience like? Was was there a different? I, I guess my question is, if you were going into high schools in Albania, had you done this same thing where, say, you went to Kansas instead, and yeah. you went and talked to high schoolers in Kansas, yeah. would the reception have been different culturally? Yeah, I, I do. Like, Albania, and don't get me wrong, I love America, but the people in Albania are, like, the nicest people I've ever met. It's the it, the craziest thing because you, you know, like you said, like, you show up to any high school here and they'd probably be like, why are you even here first off? Right. And, you know, and I don't think anybody would take it serious, but, you know, they're, I I think they received it so well. For them to just show up in the first place was, you know, just cool. And then, you know, some of the songs in the set that we did were covers of, you know, like popular songs now. So, like, Love Story by Taylor Swift, one of the girls did, and, um, you know, we did a Beatles song and shallow. So, you know, there mm. were just like, there were many different things where the crowd reacted to that in a way where they were like, Oh yeah, like this means we get to sing along. And like, they would clap even on our original songs that they'd never heard. And, and I was just like, this is insane. Like, wow. you know, that's awesome. it shows that they had a desire to like, you know, for entertainment, I guess, or, you know, maybe it was something more, but do you, I wonder why that is. Do you think that they get less entertainment? Do you think they're more appreciative people? I don't know. You know, I I don't know if they get, I'm sure they get less than here. You know, because I mean, it's not a lot of touring acts going through Albania. And, you know, I mean, that'd be pretty right. tough to do in the first place. But, you yeah. know, they, they were really gracious um, to have us there and play for them. And, you know, I think just creating the bonds with the people in the first place was like why we were there and to be able to have that connection through music is what it what it all came down to is the best part yeah yeah that's really neat yeah it was um so let's let's move back a little bit before we move forward right where how'd you get involved in music it's kind of a crazy story man so i think so 2015 so four years ago roughly I, um, one of my best friends, uh, Cal Wing took me to a concert at Red Rocks in which I had never been to a concert before. And so, you know, I was kind of like, oh yeah, like we'll just hang out. And, you know, that was kind of the idea of it. And went and saw a band called the Avery Brothers. Yeah. And, um, my eyes were just so open that night. Like I have, like every time I go back to Red Rocks now, I, I have the same feeling, but I think that night in specific was like I saw them play and I was like, that's what I want to do. And it was the weirdest thing because at the time I was playing sports and, you know, not playing music, like no connection whatsoever to music. 
and you know the only thing I had exposure to before that concert was my dad's Uncle Tupelo and Wilco records, yeah. which I still you know take take pride in because I love both those bands and you know Whiskey Town and yeah, just crazy crazy records like that. But you know that was I guess that was kind of my my first introduction to music. Then the concert came in, and I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I picked up a guitar immediately, you know, following that and like through my eighth grade year was just dicking around on that, but not really taking it serious at the same time because everyone was like, what do you mean you play guitar? Like, what are you talking about? Like, who even are you anymore? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, and so I got to high school and I was kind of like, it was almost like a fresh start for me in a way where I don't know. I played varsity golf my freshman year. And then that winter I met my best friend, Jake Patterson. And we started, um, you know, just playing together in practice rooms like Lumineers and Mumford and Sons covers, which was at the time what I was into, especially after getting exposed to the Avid brothers. Yeah. And, um, by the probably middle part or like towards the spring of my freshman year, Jake and I were like, well, do you want to start a band? And um, we we went through a couple names and, um, <laughs> you know, just almost messed around with it for a long time and, you know, played one or two gigs. And then sophomore year, we brought on the two other guys, Alex Jackson and Riley O'Donnell, in our band. And um, that was pretty incredible, you know, just getting to play together. Yeah. And, you know, seeing the reaction by each other that we could have as much chemistry as we did for being in high school was really weird. And then I started to write songs. And that was like before even playing with the other guys or, you know, doing anything else, I felt like writing songs was, I I don't even know how to describe it. Like, you know, as a songwriter yourself, but yeah. Um, I feel like that was my communication almost. And to be able to do that was just a blessing in disguise. And so I would take those those songs to the guys and, um, you know, we'd start jamming and ended up playing smaller venue shows. Like, we'd, you know, play the Hodies with Brent Coles was our first show. And we did a couple smaller gigs. And then in, I think, February of last year, we played the laughing goat and boulder and i think that was a really eye-opening experience for all of us because we had people show up and like respond to the music and we were like okay well we're doing something right you Mm -hmm. know which was so cool and then you know we started playing the smaller venues in town and you know through that summer kept doing that and then you know we got to the point we are now where, you know, we got to play with so many cool acts and, you know, play a sellout bluebird and, you know, so many crazy things and, you know, had the first record come out. So a lot's happened, but it's been amazing. And the the band name you settled on was Halloway. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Jake and I were in Hawaii and there was a street name like Halieva or something, something like that. And we, we took that, and the base word for that, I guess, means home, home of the birds or something like that. And we were like, you know, that kind of hit home for us because it was, we always felt like the band was like our home or like our family at the time, which was weird because it wasn't even that serious. But 
it did and like even more now so i guess that was kind of where we got that from wow and then you became halloway that's right so and the spelling of that is hallway with an e that's right <laughs> separating the hall and the way <laughs> that's right for our listeners if you want to look them up on spotify we'll or be there whatever yeah this all happened pretty quick you you just kind of started tooling around in eighth grade yeah and then by 10th grade you guys are starting to play some pretty big shows yeah it happened pretty quick it's, it, did you just start writing songs all the time yeah uh, you know the first record came pretty quickly and then i got more serious with the songwriting where i took a step back and like wanted to look at technique a little bit more but I think with the first record, it was very like verse, chorus, verse, you know, sometimes a bridge and a chorus and out. And right. that was mostly the first record. And, you know, even though it was very simple, it was still, I don't know, I, I, I kicked myself with it because I was like, I don't know why this is even happening in the first place. Because two years ago, if you would have said that I was going to be singing on a stage in front of people, I would have thought that you were the craziest person I had ever met. Just two years ago. Three now, but yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You've done a lot in that short of time. One thing I, I've noticed too, um, I think from a business standpoint, you guys have done very well to get as far as you have in such a short period of time. Thank you. Um, of course, the band sounds great. It's a very talented group of musicians. Um, you know, my group got to play a show with you guys, and it was awesome. And I was impressed by the songwriting and the and the performance and everything was great and the musicianship. Um, but there's a lot of bands with good musicianship and good songs right. and stuff who don't ever get as far as you guys have in two years. Um, I'm kind of curious about your guys' business approach a little bit. Um, you've, you're playing big shows now and you're, yeah. you're getting to go out of town and, uh, play with big artists too. So <laughs> maybe talk about the business approach a little bit. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, I think, I mean, the, an the simple answer is hundreds and hundreds of emails, but after, doing it and realizing that so many booking agents just click through emails and are like, you know, that's another booking email that doesn't even look good. And so I, I took a lot of time to like figure out how to craft a really good one. And I don't know, like there were, there were a couple stages in it where I got advice from other people on like what to include. Um, but the booking email by the time that we had got to the beginning of this year, I felt like we really had nailed one down where it was like, these are the shows we've played. These are, you know, how many tickets we sold the people we've played with, you know, the record came out. Um, the press articles have been a big one because it's like anything with someone else acclaiming the music in a positive way, I think turns on a light for booking agents where they're like, okay, other people actually care about this and not just the band that's wanting to come play my bar. Yeah. Um, so I think there were a couple different pieces of it and I, I just think slowly the booking email got better and we started getting in touch with more people. I don't know. I almost just feel like it was a little extra legwork that most artists don't go through. Don't do. Um, well, so let's let's dive into that really quick. 
um, if you're willing to give away some secrets, how do you craft a good booking email? If yeah. you were going to start from the heading and, and go uh, till the PS, how would you craft a booking email? <laughs> I mean, we've always done this weird, I, I hate being like this, but I always would start out the email saying that I managed the band and didn't necessarily say that I was in the band. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I'd be like, you know, hey, you know, I manage this band and we're looking to come in at this date, you know, and um, giving a little bio of what the band has done. So like, you know, who they've played with, like the acts maybe that they've opened up for. And then the venue names, the caps and how many tickets you sold um, I usually include, and then any press articles that are there or out there on the band, I'd usually throw in there, um, you know, and just kind of wrap it up in a conclusion, you know, like we'd love to come out if you'd have, if you'd have us and, um, you know, it'd be a pleasure, whatever. And then, you know, leave the contact information. And then, you know, I, the other thing is like booking ag- agents, you know, go through their emails and probably get, 500 to you know 700 emails a day right and so sometimes they miss it and you just got to send another follow-up and be like hey just following up on the show if you miss the email right and not sending them on a saturday morning sending them on like a tuesday you know at like nine o'clock sure like think of when you're looking at your business email and send it around that time Right, right. No, I think that's I think that's great. Um, how long is how long is your booking emails today? It's like it's probably like three paragraphs. Yeah, yeah. Quick in and out. Yeah, I've noticed both booking doing booking emails and receiving booking emails. Um, there definitely is a limit for me when I see one that's five paragraphs. Yeah. Like, oh, screw this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like I don't need the history. I just need to know yeah. like who you even are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. Um, but then I I see some really precise ones, and I think the ones that I like the most, and I try to model after, are how quickly can I say the most effective thing to get my band booked? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I appreciate that too when I'm getting book emails right. like. Give me the short and short and dirty, but it's got. But I want to know what you're up to yeah, too. Yeah. Um, how often do you follow up? So if I don't hear from them, if I really want the show and it's, you know, haven't heard back for like four days, I'll probably just send one, you know, just in case they didn't see it. And then if no one replies to the follow back, you know, follow up, then you're probably like, okay, this one's probably not going to happen. So is there there is a point after the initial email and one follow up where you say okay, whatever yeah. next thing. Well, I think some people will go straight to the management or the booking agent of you know whoever they're trying to open up for. I mean, this is for me, and like sometimes just getting tied in with the booking agent at the venue is the most effective thing you can do because mm-hmm. then they're going to propose your name to management when they're like, hey, we need a local act. Absolutely. Because there's been a ton of times where that's been the case for us. Yeah. Yeah, you're a good local act that's going to hustle and sound good. And, right. You know. And they, if you have, have the promoter on, on your side, then that's that's probably the most dangerous thing you can do there. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about you've been doing the Halloway stuff, but you've also started doing some solo stuff. Right. 
and you've got a new project starting up. Yeah. I guess Halloway, you're you're finishing your junior year of high school. Yeah. And I think you had one member graduate last year, right? We had one, yeah, head out last year, and um, he ended up having to, you know, leave the band, unfortunately. But we have three other guys um, that are graduating this year, so this week. Um, and then two of them are going to Belmont, Nashville, Tennessee, and then one of them is going to CU Boulder. So it was kind of nice because we all stayed in, you know, half and half. So in the same place. Mm -hmm. So I think our, our plan, and sorry, I didn't really let you finish the question. No, go ahead. But, um, I think kind of the plan is to go to Nashville for some shows, uh, when the guys are down there and kind of settled in and then you know, play as much as we can for being separated, which is tough on its own. But I mean, this band was never, we never looked at it as a thing where we were like, okay, we're going to be the next killers. And if that doesn't happen, then screw it. We're breaking up. But I think we're all taking a pretty good approach to it where it's like, let's just do shows when we can, you know, more because we love doing it. And, you know, if we play to 30 people or 500 there's really no difference because we just love doing it. Yeah. And it's so personal anyways because of the music itself. Absolutely. Yeah. So you'll still do some shows built under the name Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully move to Nashville after this year and just link up with those guys and keep it going. So you're hoping to perhaps attend college at Belmont as well? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You'll just be a year behind. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's that's cool though. You have the advantage. You got one more year to right build up in figure high out, school and stuff. Figure out what I want to do. And go join them. No, that's really cool. Um, so talk about the solo stuff a little bit. Right. So I don't know, man. It's it's kind of crazy because I didn't ever want to do a solo thing, and then I kind of had fun doing it. I mean, so I started this pro backtrack. I um. I played a couple shows with Joe Pug earlier this year as a solo kind of duo thing. Yeah. And, um, and how did that come about? That was, um, I just got tied in, you know, kind of sent a booking email to their manager and, um, you know, we, I joke around with him now because he, you know, he totally thought it was BS the first time, but li then listened to the music and was like, okay. But I think he was you know, gives me shit because I, uh, I was, I used the line, like I manage this band and he's like, dude, I know you don't just manage the band. Like you're also in it. Um, <laughs> but, or, he called you on it. Yeah, he totally did. He took the time. And I was waiting for that <laughs> to happen. But, um, yeah, I got tied in with him and, you know, Don's a great guy and, um, linked us up with Joe that we got to go play with him in Fort Collins. And, um, you know, the next, time I played with him I I just sent Don a text and was like hey you know I'll be in St. Paul and love to come you know say hey because you guys are going to be in town at the same time and he replied back with do you want to open the show and that kind of knocked me off guard because I was like well I'm just visiting family but yeah you know that'd be wow. great so um we played turf club with him and then you know kept kept going with shows uh, with Joe after that and Don has been gracious enough to help me out with the new project now um, yeah. as the manager. So Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he then came on board as a manager. Yeah, you know, we started we started talking about it after the last one that we did with Joe and Austin and um I think we both had the the kind of agreement like we both kind of knew like you know, we could 
really kind of turn this into something if we wanted to work together. And so I was, I was just honored in the first place because I thought, you know, I still think Don's a great guy and, you know, to have him manage me and be on my team is a great thing. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty huge thing that happened too. you just sort of skimmed over it. Yeah. But Joe Pug is a pretty well-established artist. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this particular gig in Austin wasn't just any gig. Where was it? <laughs> I hate. Um, we played at 310 Austin City Limits. So it's the sister venue to the Moody. Yeah. It wow. was a good time. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a cool gig. Yeah, they put you up nice at that place. <laughs> that's got to be a feather in the cap for you. That was super cool. Yeah. And I would say it's rare to reach out to someone's management directly. I know you were saying earlier, you usually reach out to the venue at least first yeah. um, to, to get opening slots. I would say it's probably rare to reach out to a band or an artist manager and get that kind of a response. Yeah. What do you think it was that, that garnered the response from him? Do you, I mean, was he maybe curious? What's this guy all about? Is a high school guy who claims he manages his band that he's playing in when you maybe. were managing it? Maybe it was just luck. Uh, you know, I think that's just yeah. how some of these things go. But I always wonder now, like, what the hell would have happened if I didn't send that email? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and how many emails had you sent at that point? A solid six hundred emails, probably. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And you and, and you probably didn't know it was going to be that, that one email no. that made yeah. a difference for you. Exactly. Um, so you've got uh, Dan is your manager. Don, yeah. Don, Don excuse me, excuse me. No worries. Um, you have Don managing you, and he just manages you and Joe? Yeah, as of, yeah, as of right now. Very cool. Uh, is, is, he, is, he, is that something that's new for him? Is he, I don't... With Joe? Yeah. No, he's been working with Joe ever since he was playing open mics in Chicago. Wow. So they've been together for, I think, like 10 years now. Wow. It's so got to be around he there. kind of got into it maybe with Joe a little yeah. bit and then yeah. is expanding out. Yeah. That's really neat. And he's managing you not under your name, don't you? You're going under a moniker. Yes. Yeah, I decided to do the moniker thing. Um Mainly because I don't, um, I mean, like, first of all, my name's kind of hard to spell where it's like, you know, I almost feel like it's just another opening act and they're like, okay, you know, probably not going to look this up. So part of it was just like a branding thing. I kind of wanted to do something cool with it. I liked the band name in the first place. So I just decided to go with the moniker, um, you know, kind of like His Golden Messenger or Shaky Graves does. You know, I, I picked uh, American Field Day as the name and um i don't know i there there was something for me about selling my name which i don't really know what that was about i mean but i i just kind of wanted to go a different direction with that where like some people are really like for you it works out perfectly but like i never saw that for myself i don't know like mm -hmm. it gets old you know when people are like how do you spell your last name? <laughs> you're yeah, like, it does. <laughs> you're like, oh my god! Like, let's just pick three very easy words to spell. Yeah, <laughs> we won't ever have to answer the question again. Um, I imagine some people would probably misspell the I, the E, in the field, <laughs> but 
but uh, but much easier than our mold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did the how did you come up with the band name? I don't. I really don't know, man. I uh, that was kind of random. Also, where I don't know. I liked the American idea for some reason, and then just I thought Field Day was kind of cool. So it's a sweet name. Thank you. I love it. It sounds. Thanks. It sounds like. It sounds like you're on some major Spotify playlist, <laughs> like just from the name. Yeah, that guy's probably the real deal. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, so what's what's next? What do you guys have? Yeah, um, coming up. Well, I'm uh, start recording the first record um, for American Field Day, and then um, Halloween's got a July show at the Fox with a band called The Deer from I think they're from San Antonio. So. And then another guy's helping us with the, he's opening before we are, his name's Paul Kimbris. I don't know if you've heard him. Um, I haven't. But yeah, I listened to his stuff. He's really good. So, you know, that'll be a, that'll be a great show. It's our first time at the Fox and our first time in Boulder since we played that Laughing Goat show when like people first started coming to the shows. So yeah. that was, that'll just be a, a kind of cool thing to go through. And then, you know, just booking out June right now and we'll probably do UMS um in Denver so cool you know and then starting to make the move to Nashville after that awesome uh, yeah. where are you recording the American Field Day record I uh I don't know the names of the studio uh, I'll be working with Bill Reynolds from Band of Horses though he'll produce it or formerly Band of Horses nice yeah very cool and how'd you get linked up there Don helped me with that but um I that's one of the coolest things is like you know, having somebody come to you and be like, oh, yeah, Bill Reynolds wants to produce your first record. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. It sounds like some good stuff's coming up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. One other thing I wanted to chat with you about is you guys do have quite a contingency, and I'm, I'm speaking of, of, of Halloway here because yeah. I haven't seen the American Field Day <laughs> lineup yet. Still under the radar. Still under the radar. Um but you guys do have quite a crew of people that come out to all the shows. It's it's kind of amazing, yeah. you know. And and I, I I see some high schoolers, you know, some friends from school. I'm sure everybody's parents are there. But then, <laughs> but there's more than that. There's a lot more people coming out. When yeah. was it that Laughing Goat show? And and has it been hard to sling presale tickets for you guys, or has it been pretty much, hey, we're playing a show and everyone shows up? Kind of a little bit of the you know we're playing a show and a lot of people show up like especially for that laughing goat one when we first started it was like we expected to go up there and maybe play to 20 people and we filled it to the back of the room and we were like how did that even happen but i think that's the cool thing about fans is you make you know you affect someone with their your music and they tell their friends and then they tell their friends and it's like then they're showing up you know to the gigs um but i think we started to see it when it was it was a little bit of that like when we had you know we we'd put up posters at our our high school and you know be like that would help us out with promotion pretty well but I think past like the high school kids coming to the shows um, when we started to see more people is probably when we released the record. So that show that we played with you was when we probably had more people coming out that weren't, that didn't know us. Yeah. Um, 
so that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. You kind of you've done a good job of creating a culture around your music, you know, people uh I I think with with your group it's the cool thing to do on Friday night, you know, it's uh it's a good time. It's the cool hang, yeah, yeah. and and people want to go be a part of that. So I think yeah. that's awesome. Thanks, man. Um, any any last words? No last words. Thanks for having <laughs> me, though, man. <laughs> yeah, it's thanks so time. much for doing it. I, I I appreciate it. Of course. Um, and I'll have links to how people can get in touch with you and find out more about you in the show notes as well. Right on. Thank you, man. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Wow, that was a fun episode. I, I'm really excited to see what happens to Patrick and his career in the next five years. I have a feeling he's going to do some great things. His current band is Halloway. He also has his solo project, American Field Day. I will leave links in the show notes where you can find out more about him and reach out and listen to his music. We're going to play out this episode with a Halloway song, Little Man's World. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and if you did, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps me out a lot. Other than that, there's new episodes every other Thursday. Hit subscribe, and they will be sent to you when they're released. Have a good one, and we'll see you next time.